Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to Podcast Room 303. Introducing one co-host with more nuggets than Chick-fil-A, Nick Morahan. Executive producer until we find someone better, Eric Washington. Nobody really knows what he does around here. Nevada Putnam. And now, the single greatest thing to happen to hosting in history, Jermaine Antonio Cologne Mendez. On with the show. Ooh, wait. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Podcast Room 303, Episode 239. I'm your host, Jermaine Cologne Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morhan, and we have with us Nevada Putnam. How are you doing this evening, Nick? I'm good, man. Um, so in the divisional round of the playoffs, I had Nevada and I had San Francisco 49ers, Buffalo Bills. That was going to be a big payday, right, to get to the Super Bowl. In, you know, so that's that's a one in eight chance, right, for that day. I, I will really a one in 16 chance, I guess, that both those teams would make it. Or one in 64 chance. In... The conference championship at the beginning of the playoffs, I took, and I said on this podcast last week, took Baltimore Ravens plus 125, AFC champions, Detroit Lions plus 800. So at halftime, I was feeling pretty good about both those bets. And I managed to hit zero futures coming out of the playoffs. So that's how I'm doing. Hell yeah. Oh, that's tragic. How are you doing this evening, Nevada? I'm good. Uh, we got a forecast this weekend, so we're back on the forecast train. We might get rain. We might get seven inches of snow. Who knows? How the fuck is that an option? How can you say you might get rain or you might get seven inches of snow? Because it's well, the only position. Testing. It's the only position where you can be wrong at your job ninety percent of the time and still have a job. That's not true. Wives are always wrong. Hey, no, no, they're make, not making friends on this podcast. <laughs> they blink twice if you're in danger. Okay, <laughs> we'll send help eventually. I don't know, maybe. Help me. <laughs> Never. <laughs> this this was your own choice. Uh, how you doing this evening, Jermaine? I'm glad you guys asked. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I finished my 21 day fast yesterday. And followed it up with uh, pizza and Chick Fil A, and Hell ruined yeah. it. <laughs> and ruined twenty one days of fasting. And now I'm I'm back to eating healthy. But I was like, yo, I haven't eaten in twenty one days. I am not gonna start with like chicken and rice. <laughs> as Hispanic wow. as I am, no chance am I coming back to food to eat something healthy. So uh, Chick Fil A pizza yesterday, and boy, oh boy, this morning. Or, I mean, last night, I was – it wasn't pleasant, boys. It was not pleasant. It was a – it was a – it's been a journey. <laughs> Let's just say I have not eaten today yet. <laughs> well, tell well, tell the folks. Tell the folks about your, your weight loss journey. You're down how many pounds because of this fast? Uh, shoot. 25 to 30. 25 to 30, Damn. okay. So, yeah. we'll take that 25 a, on the low a, end. I was a heavy motherfucker in Nevada. I was walking around at almost 300, so I could afford to lose 
probably like 80 pounds. <laughs> What's crazy is I'm walking around at 300 and I still got wheels, baby. I was, run, I was running sprints the other day and I was just like, damn. I was like, I was like, my 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 weight speed adjusted score is through the roof. <laughs> you're you're like that uh, that high school was it high school or middle school lineman who's like six eight three thirty and ran like a was it four seven or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people were shitting on him. Like he, he didn't run a four seven seven. He ran a like a five. Uh, oh, sorry. It was the hundred meter. He ran like a yeah. four, fourteen, right? Something oh, is that what like it was? That. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourteen or fifteen second hundred meter. But he's like a four hundred pound, six foot something human being at like right. sixteen, seventeen. And people were shitting on him. I know. Like, yeah. Like that's he, not fast. Won, I'm like, <laughs> that's I was like, fast. <laughs> I was like, you guys are idiots. Look at the person he's running next to. That is a skinny twig like motherfucker who is streamlined and built to run. And this hefty, beefy boy who can go out there and block grown men right now is, is keeping up with him. I just could not be, I could not believe like how people responded to that. So I, I was I was laughing my ass off on that, but. That, that opens our, our introductions to how we're doing this week. Today's episode, we'll be getting into pop culture. Pick them top five names that could be friends with their names, or sorry, couldn't be friends with their names. Uh, an important distinguishment and clarification for uh, certain individuals on this podcast who will not be named. Uh, we'll get into a head to head review. Damn it, Eric. Uh, no picks <laughs> were successfully made last week. So we're holding up our end of the bargain on half. <laughs> Uh, we'll get into what the fuck headline. We have two submissions. One of them will be a mystery to Nick and I. Uh, we'll do the blind five with Nevada, and there's no real main topic today. We're just going to uh, talk about the playoffs as a whole, and you know maybe look a little forward to, to the Niners uh, Chiefs championship game. Uh, for those of you who don't know, those are the respective winners of the AFC NFC championship games. Uh, but the bulk of our Super Bowl bets and pod will be delivered next week as is customary since there is this two week break uh, so that the NFL can continue to put the Pro Bowl on and then bitch about how the Pro Bowl sucks. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and get into, um, oh, I should probably have shared this here so I could just present it pretty quickly, but nope, I'm not prepared. So give me one second, boys. <clears throat> Let's let's touch base on the head to head here. So <laughs> this is this is last week's uh, stunning performance by us as a podcast. Here, uh, we'll start with me at the top. I went zero and three. Obviously, as I alluded to, I had a CM Punk Becky Lynch to win the Royal Rumble parlay, uh, and it was all wrong. Uh, the odds I took at minus two twenty were for Bailey. I put Becky Lynch. It doesn't matter. CM Punk lost anyways. He actually tore his tricep, so he won't even be at WrestleMania. <laughs> so Ooh. if you would have hit a multi-fade on that one, you would have hit. I had a Noah Gray anytime touchdown parlay. He had five targets, caught two of them, had eight yards. Wasn't even wasn't even close. And then <clears throat> on the podcast, I had Chiefs winning the game. But for some reason, when I submitted my head-to-head parlay, I decided, oh, you know what? I'm going Lamar Jackson over one and a half touchdowns, and I'm going Baltimore first half money line. 
those didn't hit. Jared Goff over yards did hit. Uh, doesn't matter. I'm now 111 minus 422 units on the season. Uh, we'll get into Nick's here. Nick had an NHL parlay of what one game. It's the same game parlay, five picks, all point scorers. And I think he missed on like three or four of the point scorers. Yeah, I think I think I hit on two. I missed on three. Yeah. Uh, so that, that caps out his first loss. Then he submitted an FA Cup anytime goal scorer for Swansea. Um, Jerry Yates. There was five goals total scored in this game. None of them by Swansea. And I don't know why I keep saying it like that. What is, is it Swansea? Swansea, yeah. Yeah, Swansea. And uh, that Bournemouth had five goals. Nick could have picked someone from that team and probably hit, but decided to, to just fade. So uh, I am actually – this is a pick for the viewers. When I pick an anytime goal scorer, pick the team that he's playing against to win. <laughs> I picked Brighton and Hove Albion today. To beat Luton Town, Brighton at home, Luton Town seventeenth in the Premier League. I picked Brighton to win. They lost four to zero. Brighton at home lost four to zero. Brighton at home lost four to zero to Luton Town. Jesus Christ, that's <laughs> that's impressive. Uh, Nick also had an NFL parlay to round out his three bets. It was two. Uh, two two pick same game parlays. He had Baltimore minus three and the under. He only hit one of those legs, and then he had Detroit plus six and a half and Detroit over. So if he would have just picked Kansas City plus points or Kansas City money line, he would have or just left it out. A nice fat bet, and instead he didn't get that. Nevada went with two NHL parlays. Uh, Instead of combining the puck lines and combining the money lines, he decided to split them evenly, which cost him <laughs> it cost him dearly. He missed both bets due to that reason. So uh, he had Vancouver puck line minus one and a half, Calgary puck line uh, – sorry, and Edmonton money line. That was one parlay. Then he had Calgary puck line minus one and a half and Boston money line. Uh, Calgary won, but they won 1-0 <laughs> on a minus one and a half <laughs> puck line. Uh, then frustratedly he submitted a Debo Samuel anytime touchdown parlay, uh, not parlay anytime touchdown. And despite scoring 34 points, Debo Samuel did not score that touchdown. Uh, Eric one yard short, one <laughs> yard short. I saw the play and I was like, yo, that's going to be all the batter remembers from this game. Uh, Eric submitted three NBA bets all on Saturday. He live bet Pistons money line at plus 185. They went on to lose that ball game. Not surprising. Uh, then he had an NBA parlay of Knicks, Knicks, Philadelphia, and Houston money line. Uh, the Philadelphia didn't have Joel Embiid against Denver, so they lost that one. And he had a Lakers, Mavericks, Bucks, uh, Celtics money line parlay, and I believe two of Two of the uh, four there missed as well. So uh, just to recap the record for Nick, Nevada, and Eric, since I forgot to do that, Nick is 2-10 and 10, plus 6.44 units. Nevada is 3-9, and nine, minus 5.95 units. And Eric is 1-11, minus 2.66 units. Uh, we're off to a rousing start, boys. We have a total of seven correct bets. Still positive. Maybe, maybe we need a fade parlays here, huh? Still positive. <laughs> Uh, let's go ahead and get into pop culture pick'em. 
uh, as alluded to in the introduction, top five names that couldn't be friends with their names. <clears throat> uh, oh, I'm actually first, so I'm going to go ahead and go with Kyle. Don't buy the hype. They're only going to that Kyle stupid event because of the name of the city, not because they actually like each other. Kyles are the worst. They could not never be friends with themselves. That's gonna be one. It's that's gotta be one one, right? That's that's a one yeah. one in, in guys that can't be friends with themselves. Great pick. <laughs> yeah, so on to you, Nevada. Um, I think Nick will like this one. Uh I'm gonna go with Travis. <laughs> Nick is obsessed with with Travis Kelsey right now. He cannot get enough of Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes. So that's where it's at. <laughs> and Travis it's, honestly, the hatred that I have for those two people you named and and we'll just focus on the name Travis Kelsey pales in comparison is minuscule to the hatred I have for the name that Nevada talks about. I sometimes I think the Putnam family just brings me on trips with them so I can say the things they wish they could say to this person, but they can't say because he's technically family. Oh, this is a person you guys know. This is a person. Well, no, not necessarily. But if we were to know a person like this, he knows everything. He he knows all five, all 15 of these names. He knows them. A avid listener of the pod, obviously. <laughs> Sure, hope not, because <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna come to a head eventually. We're gonna fight eventually. <laughs> I really hope so. Now, dude, I might just like find him on socials and send him the podcast link for this one specifically. <laughs> I mean, he'll, I mean, he'll give you tips and pointers on how we can do it better. You're, by, yeah. I guarantee you, by the time you you're done talking to him, you'll want to fight him. You won't. He won't. It won't be like, a, oh, let me have him go fight Nick. It'll be like, oh, I want to fight him. Look, invite me to one trip. If it is as bad as you say, I'll square up. Yeah. Sometimes um, motherfuckers need to get hit in the face. All right. My my first pick for for names that can't be friends with their name, uh, Nick. I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna jump on the grenade here. Nick's can't be friends with Nick's. It's a red flag name. Uh, never met anybody nice named Nick. Absolutely. Hey. Very toxic Confirm. individuals. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, my my second pick. I'm going to go with Ashley. Ooh, that's a great name. <laughs> that's a great pick. If it's if it doesn't have a Y at the end of it, it's they're friends with no one. <laughs> <laughs> they're loners. <laughs> I I will say this that Ashley is typically a hot girl name. Yes. But man, when they're ugly, <laughs> yeah, but they, cannot be they cannot be friends with other Ashleys. They cannot. No. All right, no matter. Let's get, let's get yours. Uh, let's see here. I got where'd my list go? Here we go. Uh, I'm gonna go with Keith. Keith. I think Keith. I think that's a great choice as well. The trailer park is full of Keiths that can't be friends with themselves. Uh, I'm going with uh, Dick slash Richard. Mm. And then I was I was going to put uh, I was going to put the uh, I was going to say Kobe just for because we know Kobe Bryant couldn't be friends with another Kobe. 
yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna go with Chad instead. Yeah, it's a good pick. Yeah. yeah. Surprised it came off the board this late. <laughs> That's why I was just like, I can't believe it was still here. So I didn't even have it on my like honorable mentions because I was like, it's gonna get picked, bro. Uh let's see my let's see, this is pick three. Yeah, pick three. Um this one I, I, I just can't see them in the same room together. Channing. Channing. <laughs> hey, that's dude. I think see we we now that we understand the assignment, we may have to come back <laughs> to yeah. names that could be friends together because we're hitting it out of the park right now. All right, Nick. Uh I will go, I'll go two in a row. I'll take uh the uh eternal enemy of Chad. I'll take Brad. Oh. But also Brad cannot be friends with another Brad. Right, no, no. and Brad's hate Bradleys. Brad Brady's could, hate both of them. Brad couldn't hang with Chad. No, uh, and I'm gonna go Kathy on the female side. Oh, dude, Kathy is such an <laughs> ugly name, dude. It's like it. It's almost like nails on a chalkboard. Almost like Kathy, Kathy, and all Kathys. Are avid smokers, and if 100%. you spell it with a C, you're a cunt. I'm a firm believer of if you spell that with a C, you got to be a cunt. But all right, <laughs> Nevada, your your fourth pick. Fourth one, I'm gonna say I'll go with a a Bruce. Bruce, like Bruce Wayne, like Bruce Wayne, like. Bruce Almighty. That's all the Bruce's I know. I'm glad you got another one. I had to think about that one. My, um, God, my God, I almost went blank. No, I, I sure did. I was struggling there for a second. Yeah, Bruce. So I actually had, for my final two picks, I went with two, two female names. I was going to say Karen. But Karens could absolutely be friends with other Karens, couldn't they? Uh, I don't I think, think so. If, I think if, it's more like if, misery if two, loves company. If Karen. two Karens meet in the grocery store, like each, you got to think each Karen has to be. They can be friends with each other if they're not encroaching on each other's territory. A Karen is very territorial. Okay. So, so kind of a, ha- I'll give you a half credit. Cause like two Karens in the same grocery store, not friends. Okay. But if like, if like there's a Karen of the, the, the Michaels and there's a Karen of the, there's that, there's that thumbs up again. If there's a Karen of the, of the Michaels. And then there's a Karen of the whole foods or a Karen of the target. They're all, they can all be friends with each other, but don't come in another Carol's domain. That's how you get, that's how you get messed up. Yeah, that, that's a David Attenborough breakdown right there. I like it. I you think have you have the Carols of the Walmart. If if two Karens are at Michael's, right? Let's say it's Black Friday, for example, and they don't have the thing that they advertised, and both those Karens went off, they would be friends together in that instance. So that's why I'm kind of, I'm going to abstain from Karen. I just wanted to get into the discussion of that. I will go with Rebecca slash Becky. And then I did will... you did you pick that name from a certain uh, tour of duty we both had together? 
Well, no, no, I didn't even think of that. Okay. No, it's just a name I just pictured that couldn't be friends with yeah. other. No, it's a pretty good choice though, especially like, <laughs> anecdotally speaking. And then uh, instead of Karen here, I will go with Carol. Carol, that's All a right. good one. So that rounds out my uh, my five. Let's go ahead and get into the last two here. Yes, I'm going to – I'm an equal opportunist here, so I'm going to add a female in here. I'm going to go with Hannah. Hannah. Oh, that's a good one. Anybody's name who rhymes with banana, they can't be friends with themselves? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that popped me. That was good. That was good. I did. Again, it kind of goes back to the whole Bruce argument. I've never seen two Bruces together hanging out. It's right. There's only just, one Hannah in a group. I mean, that's a that's a fair assumption, but I don't know very many Hannahs. Speaking of the few Hannahs I have known, though, CGI, bro. CGI could get it. <laughs> I I have had the opposite experience. I was gonna say I've I've. I've had, had, had the complete opposite experience. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm just wagging McGee's, bro. I'm just oh. all I'm saying. I mean, they're built like barrels, that's for sure. <laughs> Not Donkey Kong's weapon of choice. Um, indeed. <laughs> uh, my final name, I'm going to go Bryce. Oh, yeah. That's so close to Bruce. Is it? Yeah. Did you just pick that because that's the name of your quarterback? No, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, he would not be friends with another Bryce. He seems like such a nice kid, dude. Maybe. We he have to be say better that at quarterback. We're so old. What a nice boy. <laughs> what a nice young man. We had to say kid now, right? <laughs> yeah. Um dude, first of all, get him somebody that could run around other than the ghost of Adam Thielen. Dude. All right, so so I'll I'll get into this right now. For a man that said he wanted to retire a Carolina Panther, it broke my heart to see CMC go Niners faithful. We're going to a Super Bowl. I broke that broke my heart in two. Man, it it it's also like he's. He's become kind of a douche with San Francisco. It's it's almost like you adopt that personality. He's, a, he's to the be bad guy 40, now. He's to a be heel. a 49er. He's a heel. They've all they all become douches. It's like it's crazy to watch happen, man. It's the, the Super Bowl is the douche bowl now. It, it's just with I mean two, with two really likable coaches, actually, which is funny. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> uh I, I I'll ask the question later when we go. So um, but let, let's go. So the final lists go as such. I had Kyle, Dick slash Richard, Chad, Rebecca slash Becky, and Carol. Nevada had Travis, Keith, Channing, Bruce, and Hannah Banana. And Nick had Nick, Ashley, Brad, Kathy, and oh, – sorry, Kathy and Bryce. Because, you know, every Kathy smokes. <laughs> and we'll go ahead and get into – oh, we already went over that, Ted. Let's go ahead and get into here, and uh, we'll go what the fuck headline. And we'll start with this. Nevada, take us through it. All right. First submission of the week. Headline is, Stolen Jackie Robinson Statue Found Burned in Trash Can. 
Um, and this was, if you guys probably noticed, came out today, January 30th. Um, Jermaine, you, you submitted this one. You got more on this one. So really there isn't a ton of context on like the motivation behind it, but uh, sometime during uh, like on Saturday, I believe it was Saturday or maybe a, a week ago, but uh, someone just w- walks up to this park in the dead of night and cuts this statue just about ankle high and takes the whole thing. Um, and if you can skim that and tell me where, where this was, it was Kansas, right? Wichita. Yep. It was uh yeah, I saw Wichita in here somewhere, but yeah, Kansas. Yep. There it is. Wichita fire department. Got a and, call at eight 40 in the morning that a trash can was on fire. <laughs> yeah. And so the search was out for this uh, statue and they found the statue beyond repair. Like they could, they cannot fix it. They cannot put it back. Like it's cooked literally because uh, the people that stole it in the dead of night burned it in a trash can. Uh, it was a $50,000 statue that was um, founded by, man, I forget the name of the league, but it's like a youth rec league down there that, um, <clears throat> you know, that was, has tons of kids play at these parks and stuff to get them involved in baseball. And so, so they're trying to figure out if, oh, it's called League 42. They're trying to find out if it's racially motivated now. They don't know who, who did it, why they did it. They don't know any of that. They just know two individuals came, took it, put it in a truck, and then they found the truck later abandoned. So it's most likely not registered to either of those two individuals. But I just thought this was like a crazy, like out of nowhere story. It almost feels like, you know, I, I'm suspicious of these stories now. It's like I think someone comes and pays them and to go do this just so they can drum up some some racial tensions in America. Because uh, that's the only way. That's the only way they create, you know, sensationalism in America anymore. It's by the use of racism. I mean, like what? Yeah, what a crazy story. Like this has been. This has been up since when? It didn't just get built, did it? It was like twenty twenty one. So, like, why? Why now? What's the point being made? Like, if you wanted credit for this, like. You didn't get it. <laughs> I the, like the motivation. It just seems so silly. Like people I, are just I, like, oh, our statue is gone. Okay, play ball. <laughs> like what? Like when did this yeah. happen? Nevada. This happened like this week, right? I well, the the article came out today. Um, it doesn't say stolen, what stolen stolen last it week. Was. Yeah, there's oh, yeah, no, yeah. Th- there's no baseball going on. No kids are going to be at this field for another three, four months. Yeah, Thursday morning is when this statue. <laughs> I don't. Going. I don't get. I don't. I don't get this. Yeah, I got three quick things on this. I saw breezing through the article. First of all, that statue costs fifty k mm-hmm. that the foundation uh, put up. It looks like it's probably bronze. Is kind of what the. I don't know, you can see the picture. They're just sawed off right at the ankles. Um, so second one, does bronze burn? Apparently, I'm guessing. I, and obviously, I, I was. I'm. I'm sure it has a a melting point. Yeah, because you have to be able to right. melt it down to make bronze to, has to a make bronze has statue. a bronze has a melting point uh, starting at one thousand six hundred seventy five degrees Fahrenheit. 
So that's in a trash can. That seems so, so a bit hot. A bit yeah. hot, yeah. Um, and then the, the second part that I saw that was kind of disheartening, just because I can understand where this guy's coming from. The nonprofit director, it was his buddy who made the statue uh, just before he died. So, oh, a little bit of insult to in, or yeah, insult to injury. Where yeah, the statue is one thing, but it's like my buddy built this for us, and it was. Doesn't say it was his last piece, but it was just before he died. So um, that's that's a kick to the dick for oh, sure. Oh, but the, I mean, they they did say that the mold is still viable, right? So that's and and it can be created. It can be erected in a matter of months. Uh, yeah, yeah, another fifty thousand dollars to make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So sit with me. I have a theory of why this happened. The gentleman, okay. R.I.P., who made the statue. Uh, had recently gone into sports betting. <laughs> he took large bets, uh, most likely following podcast room 303, seeing as we did start around that time. No, Knowing and, he was going to die. And he thought he could make some money to live a fat life before he passed away. Mm. And instead, he passed away with six figures in sports betting debt. The director of the nonprofit was approached to pay his buddy's debts as he has an account with the same bookie. And he says, uh, fuck no. Uh, I only recommended him for the bonus. I'm not on the line for his bet. Right. Not knowing how bookies work. So flash forward to the year 2024 in the year of our Lord. Um, and the nonprofit will still not pay this man's debts. So they sent a message. We'll, we will, Start with your statue, and we will end with much worse. So we'll have to follow up this in a year. And if if the director is dead, then we'll know that your uh, your story had had weight behind it. For sure, obviously, I never told a lie. <laughs> All right, let's get into the next one. All right, uh, the next one. I'm gonna sh uh, read it real quick before I share it. Um, the the headline reads. Man accidentally sets himself on fire <laughs> trying to open bag of chips with a lighter. Bills fan. <laughs> no. No. This was a it's a little bit I don't even why context. Why is a he... 70 75 year old guy couldn't open it with his hand, so he decided I'm gonna use a lighter all while sitting in his recliner. Why didn't he use scissors? <laughs> why didn't the lighter turn off? <laughs> Man, if you're sitting in your recliner, you just got what's within arm's reach. He just probably put out a cigarette, and he's like, well, a cigarette ain't going to open it, but a lighter will. Oh, man. <laughs> I just questions. That's I don't, I'm not even going to ask him. That's just questions. That's all I have for this whole experience. Third-degree uh, yeah, uh, burns is what he suffered. I think it was 20% of his body is what I saw. Jesus um, Christ, one fifth so, third degree burns. Yeah. The 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 shower was contained by maintenance workers who showered it with a water hose until firefighters arrived on the scene. Yeah, that's uh tough break. It's, unknown how, it's unknown how the fire started, but it may be due to potato chips being extremely flammable due to their oils and starches. Also, the what's the the bag made of? 
what is a pota- what is a potato chip bag made out of? Uh, probably flammable material. <laughs> instant, <laughs> instant flame. I why do I keep wanting to say polyurethane? And scroll I down, scroll down, Nevada, real quick. Scroll down. Are you talking about the toilet? Yeah, yeah. That was, I didn't use that one because that one's from 22. But yes, there was a toilet that exploded at a Dunkin' Donuts in Florida last year. <laughs> got well, we got to keep the theme of the Florida ones, but ridiculous. Okay, so a typical potato chip bag is made up of multiple layers of polymer materials. The materials are biaxially oriented polypropylene on the inside, low density polyethylene and bop in the middle and an outer yeah it just says b-o-p-p capital so it's clearly an acronym and an outer layer of serlin a thermoplastic resin i mean that all sounds highly highly flammable yeah (laughs) let's let's just google it is a potato chip bag flammable some chips are flammable because they're carbs and oil. I, th- I no, think we're I asking. I, I think we're asking the wrong question. Let's ask: What's the most flammable chip? <laughs> well, it's obvious. It's a flaming hot Cheeto. Doritos. Doritos are, are highly flammable and can be used as a fire starter. That's good to know if you're ever in the wild and you that is good. traveling with Doritos. See, we're good. Man opens chip bag with lighter, sustains burns over 75% of the body. Sorry, I'm, I'm on a different website. 75% of his body, he got burned. Dalton, Georgia. Doritos it, can hold can can hold a flame for six for almost a minute. That's wild. I don't, yeah. I can't really find the answer to how flammable that potato chip yeah. bags are, but. Be, be careful if you're out in the wilderness and you got a lighter and a bag of Doritos. Be Proceed with caution because you're going to end up either surviving the night or you're going to burn your body. So, uh, how did you, you how did you survive the bear attack, sir? <laughs> I lit him on fire with a bag of Doritos. <laughs> I, you, Dorito flame. A, a Fla- Dorito flame top hot, cocktail. Flaming hot Doritos. Yep. Dorito Top Cocktail. That's a good one as well. All right. Dorito Top Cocktail. <laughs> Let's get into Blind Five and then Championship Review. Adds a new meaning to right. Flaming Hot. Uh, let's see here. Let me pull up. Why did it disappear again? Stand by. Stand by. And here we go. All right. First one is going to be. True Lies. Ooh. Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Schwarzenegger. True Lies. True Lies was it? True Lies was in 1992. Can we look that up? 92 or 93? So maybe 90s action movies. Maybe, maybe True Lies. Let me see the cast. Maybe Jody Jody Foster or not? Uh, not Jody Foster. Jamie Lee Curtis movies. Eliza Dushku. Remember her, bro? I mean, she's not dead. I said that like she's dead. <laughs> Tom, you Tom Arnold those, movies. You killed all those people? Yeah, but they were all bad. <laughs> so 
I think we've already got it. I think it's Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Um, yep. I don't think I've seen the entirety of True Lies like consecutively. Oh, but I've that's, I've that's seen like a crime against America. I've seen like almost all of it. You know what I mean? I think there's probably <laughs> missing scenes, but like I pretty much know True Lies. I don't know. As far as Schwarzenegger movies go, I don't. It's not my favorite. I'd say it's three. It's not my worst. It's three or the four. Worst. Three, three or four. Like I like Twins better than that. <laughs> with with Danny DeVito. I would I, I would say. <laughs> I would say probably four if we're ranking Schwarzenegger movies. All right, well let, let's four. let's do let's do three. Let's do three. Okay. All right. Three. Uh, if Good. Jingle All the Way is on this list, that's number fucking one though. <laughs> I'm um, cookie down now. <laughs> quick, quick side note, Jermaine. Did you watch My Cousin Vinny and Nick? Did you watch The Devil's Advocate? No. <laughs> no. Totally forgot. Hey, man, you got to text me that. You can't put me on the spot. I, I, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to. What is I'm my gonna. cousin right. Vinny on? Did you watch that movie you were supposed to watch? That I totally remember what it is? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. You didn't write that down. He's not going to hold himself accountable. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so we did True Lies. Next one will be Predator. Oh. And yeah, surprise, you guys already got it. You're it one ugly out. motherfucker. Bro, AMC Plus? Ain't nobody got time for that. Not AMC- my, I'm not watching My Cousin Vinny. Fuck that. There's AMC Plus? Predators. It's good. Plus what? All the crappy it's- shows that don't make AMC? <laughs> Is Predator better than True Lies, though? Yes. Yeah. Kata... Yeah. CA got you pushing too many pencils. I mean, Predator is fun. I don't know if it's better than True Lies, but yeah, we can go. Uh, so, yeah. Oof, I don't know. I since I've, I, I'm sorry. I forgot we put True Lies at, at three. I wouldn't put Predator two of Arnold movies. Yeah. I mean, I would say probably four. Let's go four. Should have put True Lies at four. My bad, Nick. Stick around. I, th- I think right. Predator is fun, but 7.8 out of 10, I don't know yeah. what the fuck people are thinking. I love rating. Predator. Predator's great. 7.8 out of 10, what would you rate it? I'd say a 78. Yeah, a C plus. I'd give it a C plus. Oh, dude, it's just it, – all right. I would say it's I'd give it – it's a better movie than Killers of the Flower Moon. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> I told there, you. There you go. What a, all right. We talked about this last podcast. Didn't we talk about this last podcast? Probably. Who keeps What a about? waste of time Killers <laughs> of the Flower Moon was. Nothing happened. It was good, but it was too long. I don't think it was good. I don't even think it was good. It was good. I think it could have been a tight 120 minutes. Oh, for sure and that's too long <laughs> and that's too long that's, yeah. the yeah. problem the problem with the film is that it went an hour too long if right. it was condensed it'd be a good film it was a good film there was the drama was out the window as soon as it started 100 percent. you're you're 30 minutes in and you're like oh there's the bad guy and it's, then he doesn't really develop he doesn't de- there's no character development and he doesn't do anything. The bad guy actually doesn't do anything. Right. It's everyone else who does something for right. that guy. First of all, spoilers. So f- if you haven't seen it, it's three hours. You're probably not going to watch <laughs> yeah, it. Don't watch like, it. Read the You're synopsis. only watching it because it's, you know, Scorsese. But 
you can't show the scene of Leo being recruited by De Niro early on to infiltrate this family and then try to tell a suspense type, like thriller type film. You, you gave us the answer already. If you would have, if Leo and her met organically, right? They fell in love. Then all this stuff started happening. And Leo was like trying to like, I don't know. I, there was a different way to tell that story to, to, to not have been so obvious, but yeah, these old directors have lost it. What if we just tell them the plot that way they'll get it. <laughs> There's no drama. You no. can't tell a suspense film with no suspense. Bro. So Nevada, Nevada tried to bring up to me that Scorsese used to keep his his movies short, aka The Godfather and all this. I said no. Scorsese has always done these long and drawn out movies. He was making two hour movies when it was like a tidy fifty eight was the average movie. Like I'm sure our dads and moms. We're watching Scorsese movies and they're like, Jesus Christ, this is long. Somebody yeah. probably said The Godfather could have been a, a tidy hour and 15. Somebody has got to have said that. Goodfellas sure. was two hours and 25 minutes. In Goodfellas is a 90. Good, Goodfellas is an amazing movie. No, first of all, that's <laughs> like a 9.1, 9.2 out of 10. Right. Like, I fucking love Goodfellas. Right. But it's still two hours and 25 yeah, minutes. That's true. That's a well, long you, fucking well, time. Because you forget about – you. For, this is this is typical Scorsese. You forget about in Goodfellas, they literally go over like Ray Liotta's entire childhood. <laughs> You're like, why do we need that in the movie? Just be like, I always wanted to be a gangster from the time I was five and show a five-minute clip of him being five and then cut to present day. Yeah, a little movie montage. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> now that we've been sidetracked during this Blind Five, Nevada, please get oh. us back on course. <laughs> yes. Uh, next movie option will be Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Cop is a good I, – I like that movie. My name but is I, Detective I, John Kimball, and I love my car. Is Kindergarten Cop better than True Lies and Predator, yes. though? Yes. It is? Okay. Yes. Number two, right? Is I just don't know one? what I'm going to put number one. Me? I don't – Nevada, the, Nevada uh, picked this category because he knows my he knows my even playing field for all of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. And they're I think all three on his list. They're all tied for three. There's no one. <laughs> man, I okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it at two. Kindergarten Cop is a great movie because it, it's it, 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 it first showed that Arnold can be actually funny. It's fantastic. I thought it was fantastic. That was that was more my speed of Arnold movie. Not that I did not like Predator. Predator was tight. There will be every, no more. Every... There'll be no more. Mr. Kimball, can I go to the bathroom? But it's like his voice is comedic <laughs> in its own right. Like he was meant to do it comedy. It hasn't changed. He's lived in the United States for 60 years and it hasn't even like reduced. The... He has to take acting lessons just to keep it like this. The accent has gotten thicker in his it's old thicker. age. It's thicker. It's thicker. I'm the governor of California. He was originally a milkshake accent. Accent. Now he's a malt accent. That's right. Accent. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, next one, we're gonna go with. Uh, uh, let's go with twins. Oh, I love twins. Dude. Nevada's, Nevada's, so gonna, Nevada's gonna force me to put Commando at five, dude. <laughs> 
dude, this is what I was trying to say about these other movies. Like, they should be bumped out. I was trying to say it. Twins is such a fantastic movie. Twins is five. Twins is five. Okay. Twins is five. Okay. And we'll, we'll say we, we had to cut it down because Danny DeVito is only so tall. <laughs> oh, all right. And you're putting Total Recall at one. Oh, Total Recall is one. Yes, 100%. I'm completely we're, fine we're with, that. with that. We're good <laughs> I'm with that. I'm completely fine with that. Space titties, eyeballs popping out of his. <laughs> out but of sweetie, his you can't kill me. We're married. Consider that a divorce. <laughs> That's such a uh, I so, so I, you're not you. You're me. Get it? <laughs> so most of these movies, right? Because I couldn't watch like, as I've said before on other podcasts. But if this is your first time listening, my mom followed the rating system. And I honestly, I appreciate it, but I didn't see Total Recall until like 2015. Oh, that is, that would be something. good. That would be dope. Or actually. something like that. And I watched it and I was just like, holy crap, this movie sucks. <laughs> oh no. But it was awesome. You know what I mean? Like it was like the Mortal Kombat movie, right? The Mortal Kombat movie, not the newest one, but the one that came out in the 90s was awesome. Today, it's awful, right? And so I watched Total Recall, and I was just like, damn, this movie is really overhyped. But I also said, like, if I would have watched that in 1987, Total Recall would have been fucking the shit. <laughs> and so I can I view it from that prism. And also, I watched that one after I watched the new Total Recall. Movie. Oh, terrible. Yeah, that's a bad decision. Mark Which... Morahan had, had two. Yeah, go. Sorry, go ahead. You go. Okay. What I would say about this is if that movie was not named Total Recall. Great movie. Would have been a fantastic movie. movie. Yeah. But I watched the Arnold one after the, I think, Colin Farrell, right? And I was mm -hmm. just like, why is this name the same? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Mark Morahan had a rating system for two movies. He had movies he wanted to watch. And it didn't matter if I was in the room or not. And movies you didn't want to watch. And there was no way I could have watched any of those. So that's my love of 80s action films. Is my dad was just like, we're going to watch this. I want to watch this. So, <laughs> Like watching Die Hard every yeah, 100%. Year. Yeah. First of all, Die Hard is as good as people say it is. Yes. It's oh, yeah. fantastic. Yes. I, and I it just, just, it to, just drops. I don't think I've... Die Hard 2 is all right, I guess. I like the series, but they progressively, just because of how ridiculous they are, but it gets more and more. It's like total, uh, Die Hard was the original Fast and Furious. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Because he jumps on, like, at Die Hard 4 or 5, and I think it's the one with Justin Long in it. He's like a computer geek. He jumps onto a jet. Yeah. <laughs> in F-16, he physically jumps onto the F-16, is holding on, and the F-16 starts spinning because I think the wing got clipped or something, or maybe it was just spinning to get him off. <laughs> I'm like, like, underneath, yeah, underneath like a highway over overpass. Yeah, like one of those spaghetti bowls where all the highways. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and so this plane is going down, and my man's just holding on for dear life. He finally gets spun off after like holding on for 30 seconds, which first of all, that's fucking impressive in its own. That's strength, yeah. That's then, old man strength. 
you're like, oh, Bruce Willis is dead. The bad guy wins. He just got flung off an F-16. No, because the <laughs> missile hits the hits the highway. A semi semi's like long uh, trailer start it's falling off the edge of it. And for some reason, the the part that <laughs> where the actual eighteen wheeler and and the uh, semi meet, that part's blown wide open. And he slides down <laughs> with one arm. Yep. He's just holding the. He's just sliding down the trailer and just lands on the ground, and like is like ah, oh, and stands up and walks away. Yeah, I, it, it's it's incredible. It's amazing. It's absolutely ludicrous. But that's why you watch action movies because that is just preposterous. We have we have slowly started reeling stuff in on action movies, but that was like to me peak like shenanigans. Like there's how he's like, I know you're supposed to suspend disbelief, but how? How am I supposed to suspend disbelief on that? Ridiculous. <laughs> yep. Uh, shout out Bruce Willis with hair though in the original Die Hard. Yeah, no doubt. That's still the craziest part. Also, bald Bruce Willis is way more of a badass than Bruce Willis with hair. And Bruce, Willis, Bruce Willis with hair is a fucking badass. <laughs> so it's so crazy. Uh, but uh, the final list for Blind 5 was uh, Total Recall at 1, Kindergarten Cop 2, True Lies 3, Predator 4, and Twins 5. And to be honest, looking at this list. I, I, don't, I, hate that. I don't hate that list. I think we kind of nailed that list as much as we beat ourselves up. Yep. (laughs) I don't hate it at all. All right. So we're getting into the final topic of today's podcast. It's the AFC NFC championship games between the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Kansas city chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Detroit lions boys. You know, the drill two takeaways from the games. We'll go, we'll get into it. We'll start with you here in Nevada. All righty. Um, so I just broke it down, one for each game. Um, walking away from the KC Baltimore game, um, you know, maybe it's a little bit of uh, jaded colored glasses being in the same division as KC, but that that game was refed terribly. Um, KC, I don't think KC got a ton of calls, but a lot of non calls, especially DPIs. Um, especially when Baltimore was really starting to move stuff down the, down the field. Lamar was starting to throw the ball down. And there was one, I think it was on, I can't remember if it was OBJ. It might have been OBJ because we sent it in a group text about, you know, two ACLs down. He's lost a step. <laughs> but um, the defender had, had his right hand, right arm the entire time. N- no call. So, again, it could be a little bit of jaded, but just the the entire refing in that game it was it just it kind of took away from it, it was a boring game in general but um, I'm, i i mean you put literally you put the the refs on the field between side judges back judges and head ref who literally call the fewest penalties that the chiefs are worst at like who is the head who is the head referee for this game Oh, I can get you that answer. Keep going. He was number one. He was the he was the number one let him play ref in the NFL this year. Right? They put refs on the field that didn't call holding penalties. 
right? Chiefs number one in holding or number one in yeah in in offensive holding, right? They put refs on the field who didn't call defensive pass interference, right? You know, it's funny that you say that Nevada about the OBJ thing because the OBJ play on that ball looked eerily similar to the highlight that made OBJ famous, right? Right. Where he's being twisted around and he reaches up and makes some insane circus catch. This time he didn't do it because he's what, 32 year old OBJ. Off like three ACL, three ACLs. Right, right. And a couple boat trips. But still, the key thing that made that impressive, that catch impressive, is the Dallas Cowboys defenders were were, were interfering with OBJ. The same thing didn't change here. He was interfered with on that. The, the television broadcast had the audacity to feature Gene Scarator, their freaking NFL rules analyst, say on Lamar's interception to seal the game that he didn't see contact. As he's talking, he says he didn't see contact before the ball got there. And as Gene, Gene is talking, you see two Chiefs defenders smush the Baltimore wide receiver, and then the Isaiah ball gets likely. Isaiah Likely get picked off yep. and come back. There was also another Isaiah Likely call that he was going down the field and the exact same play that got called on the Eagles that won the Chiefs the Super Bowl, Isaiah Likely gets his hip completely spun around, doesn't make the catch, refs go uncatchable ball, right? Even though if he would have been allowed to reach out for it, it would have been a catch. The Chiefs offensive line took a Ravens defensive lineman, buried him into the ground, pushed his helmet in, and was slamming on his helmet. So Ravens come to the defense of their guy. The refs break it up. Then Travis Kelsey is jawing back at the Ravens. So Kyle Van Noy comes up and chest bumps and touches face masks with Travis Kelsey. And it's a 15-yard unnecessary roughness. What is going – like, it was almost like, what is going on? Now, there were a couple of – I get that the Ravens were upset and the Ravens were angry, but there were a couple of plays you can't have. Right after that, uh, Kyle Van Noy play, Ravens guy went headhunting on Patrick Mahomes, and you can't do that on any quarterback in the NFL, let alone Patrick Mahomes. Hit him way in the head, roughing the passer call, 100% true, right? The the, uh, Zay Flowers one, where Zay Flowers makes an incredible run. And then you push the defender down and spin the ball on him? What are you doing? You won. You're at the five-yard line. You're about to score a touchdown to turn the game. The momentum is going in your direction. Don't ruin it by by being an idiot. When, on that play, Zay Flowers, if you would have cut one side and then tried to run for the corner of the end zone, you probably would have scored. But instead, you tried to do all this uh, 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 and allowed four Chiefs to get there and tackle you. What you just described is a lot of how the Patriots had their dynasties, right? Oh, 100%. The other, the other, the other teams shoot themselves in the foot. Well, so, because you, you get, you get, you know, you get frustrated, I bet, as a team. Yeah. Right. The Ravens no, I, were frustrated, right? Absolutely. Because there's taunting calls going on the Ravens. Meanwhile, Travis Kelsey is just going off. And every catch he makes, he's taunting and he's pointing in the guy's face and he's throwing the ball down. Yeah, so the ref is uh, Sean Smith. Uh, 
with him, road teams win at the number one highest rate. He penalizes home teams in no way, no way any other ref does, right? So he was put on the, the Ravens-Chiefs game. So the last three years with other refs, home teams win 55.9%. But with Smith, home win rates dropped to 40.8%. With Jeez. other refs, home teams cover the spread 50.1%. But with Smith, home cover rates dropped to 37.0%. I don't know if you said it, Jermaine, but out of 24 refs since 2018, he is number one in road team win percentage. Yeah, I mean, th- this is a whole thread put together by podcast favorite Warren Sharp. So Warren Sharp, yeah. uh, if you want to go check it out, go ahead. The His tweet is from <clears throat> January 23rd of this year, 9 a.m., and the first line reads, the NFL pushed the panic button. Look, this is the second most obvious fixed game in NFL playoff history, in my NFL playoff history. I mean, obviously, number one is still Saints-Rams. Um, <laughs> look, I, the Ravens may disagree with me, and that's perfectly fine. But when Twitter is united – on how bad that call was in the Saints-Rams game. You ain't beating that, bro. Uh, it sucks that it was an AFC championship just like it was an NFC championship. It's, it's tragic. And you hate to see this game, this matchup, be ruined by that. But it's time for everyone to understand that they are going to fix their golden boy because ratings are driven by dynasties. As much as people say they don't like dynasties, as much as everyone has turned on Patrick Mahomes, as much as everyone has turned on Travis Kelsey, people love dynasties. That's why the Golden State Warriors were awesome. That's why the Patriots were awesome. That's why the Giants of the early 2010s were awesome in baseball. That's why the Strohs, as much as people hate the Strohs, they love rooting against them more. So, as long as you understand that this is probably going to be the case with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, I think you'll you'll <laughs> save yourself a lot of consternation. Well, we've, and, we've, we've said this before, right? The NFL is a business, right? One, one person you haven't mentioned, and I'll be the one to, to mention it with the Masters in Sports Business on the podcast. You, are go- you have gotten so many new viewers this year from the introduction of one person to the Kansas City Chiefs. And it ain't a player, and it ain't a coach. It's Taylor Swift. There are people, there are, there are females in my life who never followed football, who are now knowledgeable about football and excited about football games because Taylor Swift has introduced them to the game of football. If you can put her on the Super Bowl, whose ratings have declined the last five years, you're going to make insane money about that. You don't even have to pay her to be at the Super Bowl. She's, are, she's going of her own volition, as far as we know. Like, there's, you don't really know. There's already been articles detailing how Taylor Swift can make it from her Tokyo show Friday night to the Super Bowl Saturday night. Or Sunday night, excuse me. It's going to be like uh, a Taylor version of Santa and Norad, just tracking her flight. Bro, that's so funny. That's funny as fuck. Uh, so, just a little more on North, on Pat, North, Pat. North Korea has the opportunity to do the most hilarious thing possible. <laughs> oh, that's funny, but that's not that funny. <laughs> uh, Mahomes is ten and one against the spread, nine and three straight up as an underdog. 
I mean, that should tell you everything you need to know. He's only been an underdog 12 times in his career. Um, yeah, I did that's, say it's not playoffs, by the way, everybody. That's, that's his career, <laughs> his career as an underdog. And he's opened as an underdog versus the San Francisco 49ers team, which uh, I don't fucking understand. I bet it already. Auto, auto bet. bet Kansas City. Auto bet. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, is I understand why NFL is perpetuating the tra- Taylor Swift thing. And it's awesome because it's getting p- dads with daughters. The daughters are getting into it. Like, it's awesome because men with significant others who always hate that they always want to watch football now watch football, right? So, and the NFL tapped into f- a 50% demographic that they didn't have before. So it's all smart from a business perspective. Just show her a little less. That's the only thing you got to do. Like the only time you should show her is if Travis Kelsey catches the football. And if he scores or scores or or celebrating, well, that's catching the football. Yeah. Yeah. If he catches the ball 16 times, then you get 16 Taylor Swift appearances. I, I just don't think we should just be showing her every single second. It's, it was the same complaint I had with Aisha Curry. It's the same complaint I have with showing people's parents in the crowd. When people's parents are there in the crowd, it is obsessive how many times they show up. It's obsessive. I don't. I just don't get it. Um. No, that was good. I can't wait to see the, no, I was going to say I can't wait to see the over-under bets for uh, how many times Taylor is on the <laughs> screen be- for the Super Bowl. It's going to be an awesome prop bet. Um, so we, so that was your first takeaway, Nevada. You got any others? Yeah, just real quick. I'll make it quick for the Detroit-San Francisco game. Um, I'm a big fan of what Detroit found as far as their identity. Hopefully they can go into next year and not fall flat, but um, they definitely have found their identity. They're leaning into it. They just need to close it out, um, and they'll be a force to be reckoned with. And I'm sure Nick probably knows this, but, McCaffrey and Shanahan connection part two. Can the sons do what the fathers did? Uh, what twenty five years ago? Oh shit! I didn't even realize that Mike Shanahan coached Ed McCaffrey. Yep, I, I didn't I, know his first name. Thank you for the save there, Big. <laughs> I was like, you're good, yeah. you're good. <laughs> an even crazier yeah. connection is that Ed McCaffrey has the two Super Bowls Nevada just talked about. He also has another Super Bowl that he won with the San 49ers. Francisco 49ers. This that's ooh, that's crazy. <laughs> that's CMC, crazy. CMC Super Bowl MVP. Prop bet? Oh, dude, you know I love me some CMC, bro. <laughs> CMC is the MVP this year. I don't understand why we're giving it to another quarterback. He had they, over they... T- No, go ahead. I was just going to say, he had over 2,000 scrimmage yards and like 20 touchdowns from a running back position. Brock Purdy hasn't thrown more than one touchdown the playoffs in a playoff game this year. I'm not saying he's played bad. I think Brock Purdy has played – I think he's played pretty freaking well. I'm just saying, like – Go ahead. I I, I completely agree with you. There should be a separate – I, whether you want to call it division or award for quarterbacks, because MVP is just quarterbacks. Make it, I don't know, the freaking Tom Brady award or whatever. But it's it's going to sound petty because they're pro athletes, but it's not fair to everybody else because you know it's going to a quarterback. It Always. just is. That's the way it is. Always. So Always. Give it to the actual offensive. Now, they do it 
a little bit better with like offensive player of the year. Um, but still that offensive player is really the MVP have the quarterbacks have their own separate MV, MVP conversation and award. They, I, I agree. It should be more like the NCAA. Just give me the Jerry Rice award for best wide receiver. Give me the, who's the best. Sure. Who, do you, who do you think is the best running back in NFL history? That might be a loaded but, question to ask right now. We'll move you, on. Let's you'd, pro- <laughs> you'd probably give it to uh, Peyton just because he's, he's gone. It's kind of like a memorial trophy, like Walter, Walter Payne. That's why he's a man. Yeah. Of the year. He has that man of the year thing. That's awesome. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I would say Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Yeah. Running back award. Yep. That's a safe bet. No one's really going to get upset. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because uh, the Tony Gonzalez in, tight end of the year. That's got, I, you know, I love me a Mexican <laughs> tight end. <laughs> All right, Nick, you got any takeaways for us? Uh, Yeah. I mean, okay, so you know, the 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 refs blew the Baltimore thing, but I I have not. Okay, this this is where I finally I finally came to terms with the fact that I know why I call Lamar Jackson a running back. I watched four quarterbacks play on Sunday, and. Three of them threw, like you looked at the balls Jared Goff was throwing. He got them into spaces where, it, I, I, wow, right? Even Brock Purdy, the touchdown that Brock Purdy threw, it, it, he was off his back foot and he had enough to like fit it in a gap, right? That's that's not to talk about uh, Patrick Mahomes. Is, we, we all know Patrick Mahomes' arm strength. Lamar Jackson floats balls. He doesn't put power on balls and he just, his, he, he always throws with this, like, it looks like he's throwing like under the ball, like he's lifting it up. And that's great when you have wide receivers in space or you're, he's a touch thrower, thrower, right? There were plenty of throws I saw with Baltimore where if he fits that, if he throws it down, that's a completion in yards. But he floated it, and Kansas City converges, and it's less of a game than it than it could have been. Right, one hundred percent, yeah. So that's that's my frustration. Baltimore got out of hand in that game, right? I, I thought they I thought they played undisciplined, but that's Baltimore, right? That's they that's a they that's, had no composure, no composure, right? On offense and defense, I get it. Zay Flowers is playing in the biggest game he's ever played in in his life. He went to Wake Forest, didn't he? Wake Forest? Boston BC. College. Uh, oh, BC, even BC. worse. Yeah, he went to Boston College. Man's never even, like, sniffed a winning season at Boston College, right? Like, the Ravens just lost their composure, and therefore they lost the game. The Chiefs don't impress me, right? I, they, they don't impress me. They're not impressive. Every single one of these games – the Chiefs gave the ball repeatedly and repeatedly, even with the refs' help, back in the Bills' hands, back in the Ravens' hands, right? They gave teams an opportunity to beat them, and teams didn't. It wasn't Andy Reid's play calling. It wasn't Patrick Mahomes' game management. It wasn't Travis Kelsey. It wasn't this vaunted Chiefs' defense. It was the fact the other team couldn't take advantage of the situation. And they went three and out. The Ravens constantly being blitzed all night. Right? Constantly blitzed by the Chiefs. Thank you, Jermaine. Zay Flowers never won more than six games in college, right? The lowest he won was three. 
Right? He's playing in the biggest game he's ever played in. Right? You got to have a better head in your shoulders. Right? Kansas City all day long. Blitz, 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 blitz. Right? Where are the screens? Where are the slants? It looked like every play, they went down by 10. And you just saw the Ravens be like, oh, I guess we'll run all goes. I, I, I guess we'll just run everybody deep. And then Lamar will scramble for his life. And and maybe he'll maybe he'll be able to to make something happen, which he didn't. Right. That's my that, that that's what I gotta say about the Ravens game. One funny thing about the Ravens game after the Kyle Van Noy penalty, I don't think I've ever I've ever heard this before on an NFL telecast. The stadium in Baltimore was so loud after the Kyle Van Noy penalty chanting bullshit that they had to cut the state like the in stadium crowd noise from the broadcast. Oh, and you just had to listen and he just had to listen to them talk. That was pretty funny. Uh Lions game. Holy cow. San Francisco fans should be rubbing Lighting their themselves. Oh, rubbing their rabbit's foots, uh uh clutching their pearls. This Super Bowl is going to be a Super Bowl of who wants to lose it more. Right? This Super Bowl may finish 3 nothing. Right? If Kansas City refuses to run the ball, which we saw against Baltimore, and San Francisco doesn't run the ball, right? Like, it refuses to get the ball to Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Kansas, until- Kansas City ran the football, bro. 32 attempts. How many yards? Quit it. I mean, 89 Stop. yards, but they, they didn't Stop. abandon it. <laughs> Always classic, classic, classic cane, bro. (laughs) Classic, dude. Um, 89 yards. They didn't run well, but they they run well 30 times. So that was one of my takeaways. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it in here and then you can finish. I'm just the Ravens who led the league in rushing attempts only ran the ball six times with their running backs. Incredible. And it's a close game. It wasn't like they're getting blown out. You're 10, you're 10 points halfway through the third quarter. There's a lot of time left. Run the football. The, you're not completing passes right now. Run the fucking football. I was, you know what? You know what actually made me feel good? Made me actually feel something? I was more invested in this Kansas City Baltimore Ravens game than I was in a Carolina Panthers game all season just because I didn't want to see Patrick Mahomes go to the, 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 the Super Bowl again. Doesn't it feel like since the Netflix quarterback special that Patrick Mahomes has just become insufferable? That is your stance. That's correct. Yes. It just, are... it just, that's my stance. And I'm going to stick to it. He just, before he was likable, now he has just become insufferable. Yeah. It, what's what, you know, what is kind of a thought that I've had because he is, he's gotten kind of annoying. And I will say, but he's fantastic. So it's kind of like, oh, it may, if you're that good, you can do whatever the fuck you want, kind of. But his wife has stepped back from the spotlight. Because they started showing Taylor Swift more instead of her. His brother has stepped back from the spotlight because uh, well, sex, he, sexual assault yeah, will do that to you. Yeah, my guy was <laughs> in legitimate hot water, right? So now people can legitimately focus on just Patrick Mahomes. And I feel like people are starting to recognize that, you know, he's kind of a shithead. But so is Tom Brady. And yeah, we, all, we, we all ended up loving Tom Brady. There's I don't. 
No, I don't love Tom Brady. No, I think he's a that's dick. Not, I think he's a dick. Crazy. I think that's he's a dick. Crazy. The fact that he's replacing Greg Olson on Fox is a crime. A, crime. <laughs> a lot of people don't like Greg Olson. Why? Because his big ass forehead? I, I, I think <laughs> they don't big, like him. Because his eyes are too close together? I'll take that. He's so Same way they don't like Joe Buck, which oh, I don't understand oh. why. Uh, Joe, Buck's a, Joe Buck is a good announcer. Joe, I don't know what- Joe Buck carries Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman could fill in for Joe Biden right, right now with how senile he is, right? <laughs> Troy Aikman Troy Aikman just sits in the booth, and people thought Tony Romo was bad. Maybe we should stop hiring Cowboys quarterback or commentators. They get hit in the head too much. Everyone loves Tony Romo. I don't like Tony Romo. Jesus Christ. You don't, don't like, like any quarterback. I don't, I don't like Tony Romo. Any quarterback? I like quarterbacks. I like Cam Newton. You like Cam? You don't like you, Tom Brady, but you like Cam Newton. One hundred percent. Cam Newton sucks. Cam Newton does not suck. Tom he's Brady's a fantastic sucks. football player, but Cam Newton sucks. Tom Brady sucks. I'd rather have Tom Brady yeah. than Cam Newton. And Drew Brees sucks. <laughs> Yo, you, everyone. Drew Brees is the <laughs> nicest fucking guy Drew ever. Drew runs friggin' Ponzi schemes to steal middle class money. I don't know if that's real or not, but that's funny. Isn't that Brett Favre? Yeah, Brett Favre actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Nevada, you had another takeaway from Kansas City, Baltimore, because Nick is distracted. Yeah, uh, when Nick was talking specifically about Lamar, the one thing that popped out to me watching the game was how um, – what's the best way to put this? Lamar seemed to kind of lose his balls as far as, like, his mojo. <laughs> He was holding on to the ball, and he wasn't taking the open chances to run. He was basically – to me, it looked like he was waiting for that perfect wide-open pass. And, dude, it ain't going to happen in the NFL, and it sure as hell ain't going to happen on the championship game to get to the Super Bowl. you gotta, you got to press it. you got to show why you are the league MVP, and he didn't do it. That And that right there is the reason why – Lamar Jackson struggles in the playoffs, right? And I guess, well, I'll make this one of my takeaways. It's you're playing the best coaches. You're playing the best teams. You're playing the best defenses who are coming specifically to stop you because they are told regularly that you are the most valuable player. Lamar Jackson, every time he goes into the playoffs – is so determined to prove people wrong that he is a quarterback that he forgets that his best weapon is spontaneity, it's creativity, and it's the ability to make defensive pay. Defensive defenses pay when linebackers turn their back to run with wide receivers. When cornerbacks turn their back to run with wide receivers, they have no fucking clue where Lamar Jackson is. That's why he's been so successful. In the playoffs, Lamar Jackson refuses to do that. He refuses to take advantage of it. He should go in saying, I'm going to get 100 yards rushing by myself every single playoff game. I'm going to make them respect me as a rusher. And once they do, and they're playing contain, and they have five, they have quarterback spies, now you've got those windows that you're used to throwing into. Now your touch throws can get behind a luxurious need best man corner in, in football right now, right? But he's not doing that. And secondly, Baltimore, get him a fucking wide receiver. <laughs> I Also, Todd Munkin, go fuck yourself. 
I'm so sick of hearing about this new awesome offense that you're going to run with them. You <laughs> ran the ball six times. Six times. You had and a designed quarterback run to start the game, and Lamar Jackson gained like 20 fucking yards on that carry. And you stopped using designed runs. <sighs> I just, and we're it, just like, and we're just like, you know what we'll do if they blitz? We'll blitz harder. <laughs> Bro, it's unreal. It's unreal. Spags. Spags, how many different defensive formations did Spags use against the Ravens? My man came in with a game plan that was electric. It was lights out. The Baltimore Ravens gave up 17 points. Lamar, attack the holes. You are the most dynamic runner in football right now. Is that breaking news, Nevada? Oh no, I'm just no, no, you're just telling me. Yeah, T. Higgins. I, I was wondering if they said they weren't gonna franchise tag him. Um, no, T. Higgins, it's a great option. I mean, he they love unhealthy wide receivers. He's perfect for Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm just I'm blown away by it. Secondly, uh last takeaway from me. Nick, did you have another one? I was just gonna talk about Detroit. Yeah, that, so Detroit I'll, I'll 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 start it off. Detroit did what got them there all year. It didn't work. I don't know if it's necessarily the wrong call, but it's it's bad. It was bad execution, right? Fourth and three, you're maybe you're struggling running the football, and you're struggling throwing the football. So maybe yeah, you take the points, like read the room. But the man lived and died by what he does, and I. You got to respect it, but at the same time, it's like, fuck, it's easy to second guess. But if he converts one of those fourth downs, nobody's saying anything. Also, why the fuck didn't you go for the touchdown at the end of the half? <laughs> so it's like, uh, you say you live and die by the sword, but you're the when you're picking and choosing, you can recover from not scoring at the end of the half, vice a fourth down in the fourth quarter where you may only get one more possession, which is exactly what fucking happened. He only got one more possession. So I don't know. Uh, look, the Lions overachieved. They weren't expected to get here. And now the Detroit Lions are going to be favorites. Uh, and, and Dan Campbell said it. And it's going to be interesting to see how that team plays from that perspective. And they lucked out by keeping Ben Johnson. And Aaron Glenn, because nobody's interested in defensive coordinators anymore, is still there. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but uh, Green Bay ain't going nowhere. Kirk Cousins is going to come back. Kirk Cousins would have won this division. Yeah, I mean, pff, dude beat the 49ers on Monday Night Football by himself. <laughs> Justin Jefferson was gone. Like, uh, like Kirk Cousins, if he comes back to Minnesota, that's going to be a very interesting division, especially if Caleb Williams gets drafted there. But um, it's easy to say take the points. But it's also hard to defend not taking the points. <laughs> and so I'll let you go, Nick, because I know you have something to say on that. My frustration is that, yes, it's what got Dan Campbell here. But we've seen one to two times a game, Dan Tamble, Dan Tamble, Dan Gamble has. <laughs> no, that's his new name, dude. Dan, Dan Gamble. Gamble. He, he's taken the big risk one, maybe two times in a game. Right. And that's what's got him here. And I'm fine with the aggressiveness. You're up by a bunch of you're up by a bunch of points. I think it was 
You might have been up by 17 at the time. Yeah, go it was for that. 24 7. Go for oh, that. Tw- it was, sorry, 21 7 at the end of the second. Yeah, 21 yeah, 7. Go for that fourth down. Fine. Jared Goff puts a ball that should have been caught by a wide receiver, right? How many times have we heard wide receiver lets quarterback down? Baker Mayfield would be in the Super Bowl right now if his wide receivers could catch, right? I'm sure they stocked up enough catches to get Baker Mayfield to the Super Bowl. That's how it works, right? Transitive <laughs> property, right? So, so you don't go for it. You, you go for it, then it doesn't work. Fine. You're up. You're still up. You're still up. You drive down to field goal range and you say, hey, I'm Dan Campbell. I'm Dan Gamble. I'm going to go for it again, right? Go for it. Not a very good play call dialed up. You roll Jared Goff out on a blitz. He throws a lackluster pass because he's getting hit. Wide receiver isn't even looking at it. Fine. Still a lot of game left. Okay, so you've bundled it twice now. We are a gambling podcast, and we know this, right? You don't chase your losses. You get put in a position. You've done it now twice. Now guess what, Dan? You're in uncharted territory. You have a you have a chip. After all this, after all this, your Lions team, which was the most unlucky team in the second half, Drop balls, a ball that bounced off the face mask of a cornerback that should have been a certain pick that energized a crowd and an offense. If you want to talk about one of the worst crowds in football, we saw that Kansas City games that I've watched and San Francisco games I'm watched. If you can bag them early, it takes a crowd out of it, right? But if you let the crowd get back, they're loud. Baltimore, you have to play with the crowd the whole game. Baltimore fans are crazy, right? Insane. Pittsburgh they fans are, are crazy, right? There are certain teams where the fans will just be going, all oh, Bills fans, crazy, right? You have to deal with them all game, right? Eagles fans. Eagles fans, crazy, all game, right? Either booing or yelling. They'll, they're they're going to be doing something all game. One of the that, two teams is getting yelled at. <laughs> right? That stadium in San Francisco was quiet until I you caught that ball, and now it's Go a time. big. It's good. It's it's an it's. I think it's there are probably eighty thousand, eighty five thousand people there. Now they're all screaming and yelling. Then you have Detroit go out a three and out. San Francisco gets the ball back. They drive down. You stop them. They kick a field goal. Right. Tie game. 24-24. 24-24. You go down. I th- I think San Francisco when Detroit was driving, San Francisco was up or was down, right at that final drive. Right, they were down was, by seven. They were down by ten on the one that you down were, by ten. Were, thank you. When the, they needed to kick the field goal, That's down by ten. Upset. Yeah, right. Drive down. What are you doing? You have three timeouts left. You've planned it perfect down to the two-yard line. There's plenty of time left. There's about a minute 15 left on the clock. That used to be an issue in the old NFL. It's not. And especially with the chunk plays you've been getting all game long from this bullshit soft coverage that San Francisco is playing and your your wide receivers and your tight ends just able to find seams in this to get not only just catch the ball 15 yards downfield because Jared Goff has a fucking cannon for a right arm right but also he gets it there in enough time that Amon Ross St. Brown is able to turn and he's gonna go and also you have Jameer Gibbs who's rendering David Montgomery who is a very good running back irrelevant because he is that good of a running back right you can play this game you've 
you you game planned it so well. I feel like that that Instagram soccer rant. You know what I'm saying? Where he's like, "You have the best boots. You stay in the best hotels. How the fuck do you miss this goal?" You get it all the way down to the two yard line, and then you say, "You know what? Let's do what got us here." No, Dan. No, running the ball from the two yard line with one fifteen left is not a gamble. It's an idiotic play. No analytics said that that was the right play. And if you're going to run it, you have one of the best offensive lines in football. Run it inside. Don't run an outside zone. Straight to the teeth of the defense against the best front four in football. Or if you are going to run an outside zone, don't run it with David Montgomery. Run it with your fast fucking rookie. I know he fumbled to get you there, and that's probably why they gave it to Monty instead. But, like, strengths. (laughs) Strengths. Everybody in that situation expected you to run. What did I say in the group chat at the time? When everybody expects you to run the best coordinators, and Ben Johnson is one of the best coordinators, play action pass. If he would have play action and rolled Goff out, Goff could have trotted into the end zone. I'm coming. I'm coming in with three tight ends, a fullback, and a running back. And you're I running have, that outside I, zone. I have Jared Goff lining up under center. I have him turning, faking the handoff to David Montgomery. The fullback and the running back hitting the hole together. And I have the tight end on the left, the the backside coming across the middle of the fucking end zone. And I have the two tight ends on the strong side that we're running to leak out one run, a drag route just past line of scrimmage and one run towards the front pylon. Run towards the front pylon, stop while the other one keeps running that drag route. And then that other homeboy should come in. And guess what? If you're a good play caller, you're a good play designer, one of those fullbacks or running back is leaking out the backside. Yeah, I it's it's you know I, I will say this right. The third quarter Lions were you felt for them because they were the most snake bitten team I think we have ever seen in a playoff game that I can remember at least. the The Niners didn't really change anything. I, they didn't really change anything. They were just not. They, they were just, not completing the plays they completed in the first half. Right. Well, and you saw it on the sideline. I think it was after the Lions got up 21-7 or maybe 24-7. And I think it was uh, CJGJ, yeah. Gardner Johnson, on the yeah. sidelines waving to the crowd. It's like, dude, you're not even at halftime yet. They were mentally – at that point, starting to check out. We got this in the bag. They ain't coming back in the second half. We are we crushed it. Game's over. It's only a 30-minute game. Surprise, there's a second half. There's a third <laughs> quarter. You still got to show up. Exactly, exactly so, what Nevada wanted out of the Ravens. He got out of the 49ers. Exactly, yeah. That's I, why there's – That's why there was – You know, that's why the Saints traded him. That's why the Eagles didn't want to pay him money. I mean, that's what that edge, that attitude, that moxie, you know what I mean? It's kind of toxic, sure, but that's what makes him a good fucking football player. But you still got to keep playing. And 
God, you, you feel for Detroit, but that was very much a team that had not been here before, right? Rookie, rookie tight end, third-year wide receiver, uh, rookie running back has that costly fumble, right? Because you're not going with David Montgomery because Gibbs just has another motor. You know, Aiden Hutchinson, what is this, his second second year? Second year second, at, at second, second year, or yeah. third year, so that's your rookie DN, right? And you guys didn't make the make the playoffs last year. Like it was very much a team that had not experienced a moment like that before. And what's sad is that Chauncey, Chauncey Gardner Johnson is one of those players who had experienced it before, and he set the tone for that team to let up. And that's that was kind of that breakdown. Oh, just that that throw at the end of the second half. Jared Goff drops back, hits his back foot. That's when the ball's supposed to come out. But timing was disrupted because of the pass rush coming off the right tackle side. So Jared Goff does what he's supposed to do. Two hands on the football, two, two, back, two side steps to the left to open up space for him to hit this throw on Amon Ra, who's breaking beautifully in – into the end zone and Jared Goff, because he had to take those two steps because the edge rush, his ball, if he would have dropped and let it go, maybe Lamar style would touch so that way it drops into Amon Ra's hand and just taking the hit, he would have dimed it out perfectly. If, if he, um, but he took those two steps to the left and the ball, if you notice when Amon Ra is breaking into the end zone, it, the ball is left of Amon Ra. And it's literally the, the gap between Amon Ra and the football is the gap that Goff moved from when his back foot hit and timing a timing rhythm throw is supposed to come out. And he set sidestep to the left. And I was like, oh, my God, Jared Goff wants that one fucking back. And honestly, I didn't say it, but it was at that moment where I was just like, fuck. I was like, fuck. That is a dagger throw. That is a, there is a drastically different feeling heading into a locker room being up twenty eight to seven, than settling for the field goal, and going in twenty four to seven. Absolutely, it, it's just a, it was a crazy game. Look, man, that 49ers Detroit Lions game was fucking awesome. It was awesome, and you know there are some calls that you could probably harp on, but they still were there. 34-31, they had every opportunity. I mean, hell, even that that onside kick was a beautiful uh -huh. fucking kick by Badgley. Uh -huh. I mean, oh, my God. I mean, it was illegal touching because he hit it at the nine-and-a-half yard line instead of the ten. But, my fucking God, the, the kicking it into the ground, the pop-up, the arch, I was like, oh, my God. We're actually going to see some shenanigans. Um is there anything sexier than seeing a nice onside oh, kick like that? No. As a Saints fan, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I have a, a strong affinity for onside kicks, if, yes. you, under, if yes. you understand. But um, yes. any other onesie twosies from these games? Uh, I actually disagree with you. I don't think Brock Purdy played well at all. I think I think 60 of his yards – came from a miracle play by Brandon Ayuk, right? And if you take away those 60 yards, he has a typical Brock Purdy game of – he didn't even th – he threw for one touchdown, one interception, and he has – take away the yards, he has 215 yards. Yeah, I mean, that you can you could say that all you want, but 
he came in in the third and fourth quarter and made big time throw after big time throw to get them to move downfield and score. They scored 21 points. I mean, right. sorry, they scored yeah. 17 points in the third quarter I, because he was making those throws. I understand. He, I I, di- I didn't say he didn't clutch up. I just said I don't think he had a good game. I mean, playing clutch in, in the playoffs is a good game. When he had it run 60, out? He had 60 yards rushing. When the fuck is Brock Purdy had 60 yards rushing? Yeah. My guy did what we wanted Lamar Jackson to do. Jeez, right? Nevada, the Niners were the Ravens. You just wanted the, the, the Ravens <laughs> to play like the Niners. 215 yeah. yards passing and 60 rushing yards from Brock Purdy and one touchdown throwing, one interception. That sounds like a Lamar Jackson game in a, in like a 20-point blowout for the Ravens. Uh, but we've seen we see it from Lamar all the time. I, I, I'll concede. Brock, I do think Brock Purdy could have played better. But I think if you're playing uh, – 11 and six football team you're in the nfc championship you're gonna get their best shot so i i can concede that maybe he didn't he obviously i you know i don't think he played legendary he didn't go out there and have 303 but f- from what you want from your quarterback i think we've also been desensitized because we're so used to 303 in in today's football that <laughs> you know 215 yards back in the day was really fucking good <laughs> like yeah I just, I, when, and this is, this is to belt off Nevada's, uh, Chauncey Gardner, Johnson, Jeremiah, uh, Gardner, Gardner shoes. Um, Jingleheimer Schmidt. Jingleheimer Schmidt. When, like, you would have figured a Dan Campbell team wouldn't have acted the way they did. And I and I get I get there's the drops and then there's the drive stalls. It was the sideline stuff, though. You almost if if I told you going into this championship game that a Dan Campbell coach team would be up twenty four to seven at half, and the 49ers would look like they didn't know their ass from their elbow from a hole in the ground, you would say that game's going to finish forty eight to fourteen. I never expected to see a Dan Campbell team take off the gas like this. And I think he he personally, I think the breakdown was Dan Campbell. I think he started feeling himself in that, probably in that locker room. He didn't give his normal Dan Campbell talk. He didn't give the normal settle down. This game isn't over yet. I think he kind of bought, you know, and it sucks. But I think he might have bought into it, right? We saw it. I know it personally. I saw it with the Carolina Panthers in 2015. Nevada knows the opposite side of it, right? If Carolina comes out and plays their game in the, in that game and doesn't buy into the hype, they destroy the Broncos. And I'm sorry, Nevada. But they bought into their hype, right? I I had the Broncos in that game. I know you did. Yeah, well, we'll agree to disagree on that one. Okay. Von Von Miller literally destroyed our right tackle in that game and we lost by two scores because of a bullshit score at the end. He said literally destroyed the right destroyed our right tackle. I don't even think he's playing in the league anymore. Because of what Von Miller did to him. We lost by two scores because of a shitty score at the end against noodle arm Peyton Manning. Rumor has it uh he still hasn't left his house. Should only have one Super Bowl. But I I remember the the uh, 
for two weeks, I heard that Denver has no shot. And I'm like, what Denver Broncos team are you guys watching? Right. I'm saying Carolina bought into the hype, right? We're, we're this great team. We have 10 all pros, right? We're, we're going to dominate. I, 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 up to, I, I was counting my money with a Detroit Lions plus 800 bet up 24 to seven at halftime and dominating. I was like, Dan, there is no way that Dan Campbell lets this team take their foot off the gas. I thought this was going to be a 45 to 14 game. Kyle Shanahan, did he get the monkey off his back? No. He has to win it to get the monkey off his back, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And also, he has to be able to, to put together a better first half. Divisional oh, yeah. round, awful first half. Conference championship, awful first half. So you go and you make locker room adjustments, sure, right? Their divisional round game, they weren't playing as good of an opponent. If Detroit catches one of the f- four balls that they dropped, just just what, just, just one, just what, or Dan Campbell kicks a field goal in one of the two situations where he could have <laughs> kicked a field goal, or Dan Campbell doesn't run the foot, like there's what ways are, that we're living in a different universe. That we're like, but it's but it's not like this crazy thing where it's like Detroit could have won. It's like Detroit very easily could have put that game out of reach. For sure. Early yeah, no, we all we all definitely agree with that. So, so no, I so no, I don't think Kyle Shan- even if Kyle Shanahan wins, he's he he has to, he has to show me a Super Bowl in which he dominates both halves. So just not just not even winning the Super Bowl will get that man off the hook. No chance. You know how hard it is to win a Super Bowl? Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> I'm a fan of a team that's been there twice and has blown it both times. I'm just- I feel like, and he came back from 24 to 7, like, so there's no way you're, essentially there's no way he can get the monkey off his back. I don't think so. I think he got extremely lucky. I think he got extremely lucky in this playoffs to be sitting in this Super Bowl. And I know that's ridiculous to say. I think he also had a great, listen, he gets the monkey, he, he gets the monkey off his back. He gets the monkey off his back for me. If he if he's not down by fourteen plus points at by by ten plus points at halftime, okay. Then I will say if he's not down by ten plus points and he wins the Super Bowl, Jermaine, I will sing Kyle Shanahan's praises from the mountaintop. Okay, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just saying because that means Kyle Shanahan beat Patrick Mahomes, and yeah. he's your least favorite person. So I yeah figured that would have been enough to get the monkey off. His this back, is just a not. battle of tight ends that I hate. George George Kittle? George Kittle with his stringy ass hair. Just cut your hair, you little grease ball. Hey, fuck you. George Kittle is one of my favorite players. I, George I, Kittle don't, needs, I don't agree. George Kittle makes millions of dollars. Can't even fix those buck teeth of his. Why? Real why? Quick. Real quick. I, I don't I actually hate George I, Kittle. I know. I'm just, that's why I stopped. But go ahead. Katie, Katie did say she was like, doesn't he have the most nasty, stringiest hair of all time? It's because he plays. It plays wet though. Like Ew. if it's dry, it looks <laughs> it looks it looks better. <laughs> He's sweaty. What is he supposed to do? Not sweat while playing football? Uh, I play wet on this podcast. To tell you what, <laughs> what? real wet. quick, there's only two li- on here. You freak. Hell yeah, <laughs> that's how I have to play to get wet. A little a little bit of a tease going into next week. Obviously, we'll dive into the Super Bowl matchups, props, all that sort of stuff. But to Nick's point, um. A little teaser: Kyle Shanahan off of buys. This is from 
as of 2017. It doesn't have this year uh, for this article, but I'll just run through it real quick. 2017, before buy, one and nine. Post buy, five and one. 2018, he was two and eight. Pre buy, after the buy, two and four. 2019, three and zero. Oh. Post buy, ten and three. Uh, 2020, four and six and two and four. 2021, two and three and eight and four. And then 2022, four and four and nine and zero. Damn! After the buy, Kyle Shanahan really turns it on, huh? It's it's a little bit of a mixed bag, but overall, yeah. He when he turns it on, he turns it on. So <laughs> they All essentially right, well, have both both teams with a bye week. So we'll see how it goes. We we ran a little long, but uh, we'll we'll end with this player A plus versus player B <laughs> through first six seasons. Player A. Rec, playoff record 14 and 3, player B, B 12 and 2. Uh, AFC titles, player A 4, player B 3. Uh, and then Super Bowls 2 for player A and 3 for player B. Who is player A? Who is player B? Player A is Jim Kelly. Player. 100%. 100%. I know it right <laughs> off the bat. It's Jim Kelly. Player it's B Patrick is Patrick Holmes and Brady. Jim Kelly has won a Super Bowl. Wait, I thought you said championships. Did you say championships no. and Super Bowl? He said four both. AFC titles and two Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Mahomes and Brady. So Mahomes is 14-3 and three with four AFC titles and two Super Bowls. Has a shot for a third one. We don't know the outcome yet. Tom Brady was 12-2 and two with three AFC titles and three Super Bowls. They both have the NFL. They both have the NFL on the refs in their corner, so you know it's it's yeah. kind of easy to get there. But uh, that's just sh- that's just that's just showing the Mahomes dominance. I mean, it they are in his corner, but Patrick Mahomes is also really, 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 really fucking good at footballs. So let's make sure that is something that is said on this podcast. I- I'm going to argue with you. I think he's <laughs> only really, really, really good at football. <laughs> Not I four give reallys, him just four. three. I would only just, give him three reallys. Just three reallys. Just three reallys. I'm, I'm going to take one off because he walks like a duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's also he walks, you hate he walks, the Chiefs. Hey, hey, by the way, if you guys haven't seen it, go look up TikTok. Mahomes has got a little bit of spice to his step. Just take a look. Take a look at it. Just search TikTok Mahomes spicy. Right? He's got a little. No, he's got a little. Oh, he's got a little flair. <laughs> That's what you meant. I was like, what are you talking about? <clears throat> you know, I, that's funny as fuck. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Podcast Room 303 for the hosts, Jermaine Clo Mendez, Nicholas Morahan, and the executive producers, Nevada Putnam. Uh, Eric will be coming back to the podcast. He just has a prior, uh, what do they call it? Engagement. Engagement. That's keeping him off, off the air. He's so. getting engaged uh, to a man. <laughs> to a man. <laughs> That's that's the person's name. Not, it's not a, it's un, it's unwilling for the man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room. <laughs> <laughs>